Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by my colleagues on his second to last appearance on the podcast, Raheem Palmer, finishing up his last week at the Action Network. Make sure to follow Raheem on Twitter at I am Rostradamus. You can follow Brandon Anderson on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. Brandon, you're going to have to get something more exciting for your Twitter handle now that Raw's gone. I need something. I need, I need, I need more spice. I need more juice. I need, I need more than Wheaton Brando. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I've, I've never come up with anything better. Brandon Anderson is too long and uh, it's too common. So I never, if you got any ideas, hit me up on Twitter. I'm open to your ideas for something new. The brand is strong. Un? No, no, no. no, no, no. Okay. I'll, we'll, we'll workshop this shit. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about Dallas and Golden State game five after the Dallas Mavericks. Last night we're recording this on Wednesday uh, midday. Dallas Mavericks survive in game four. Gave that out on heat check. I took the Mavs. On the money line, that hit. I gave out Reggie Bullock over two and a half threes and said he should take the alternate line of four plus six threes for my guy, Reggie Bullock. Great night for me last night. And now, gentlemen, we have the opportunity to bet a spot we have been looking forward to. And uh, predictably, as I am a Gemini and it's Gemini season, I'm getting a little nervous. Getting a little nervous about it. We'll talk about that and all more. But you need to d- download the Action Network app right now. It's the best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information on where the bets are coming in on. Raw, you'll still use the, the app after you're gone, right? You'll still use it. Oh, yeah. I, I just had a conversation with Scott. He was like, he'll keep me as an expert. Um, hopefully, they can keep my um, Fantasy Labs and Sports Insights account open. Oh, so- uh, pub- publicly. <laughs> publicly asking Scott, for handouts. I, I need I that. I, I need it. I mean, I still use it. I'm still going to be an expert in the app. I'll still be putting stuff in so please keep my account open. He's, he's trying to get freebies <laughs> while he's also posting about getting security and renting fancy cars when he goes to these games for courtside seats, Brandon. I think it's a little bit like always on the hustle is our guy right now. <laughs> um, all right. Golden State opens in this game as a six-point favorite. It moves immediately within the hour last night. Like our system has a track to opening at seven and a half. There were sixes because I bet it at six. It moved to seven. It moved to seven and a half. Right now, it's seven. 74% of the tickets are on Golden State, 52% of the money. So there's a lot of money coming in on the other side here. Don't know whether that's sharp money or not. 
the early indication though is like the money's coming in on Dallas here to extend the series and push this. 215 is the 215 and a half is the current total. It opened at 216. So a little bit of money towards the under on this one as well. I will tell you just right now that again, I bet six when it came out. We are tracking sharp moves. There have been five sharp moves tracked in the Action Network app on Dallas here. Uh, the Sharps really think that they're going to be able to extend this thing. Uh, Richard Yanow, Y-A-N-N-O-W, was kind enough to, to hit me up last night in reply to, uh, I posted some stuff about the Warriors, only having swept six teams out of uh, 26 series now. They've only swept six times out of 26 series, which given their dominance is not necessarily surprising. Like that just absolutely makes a lot of sense. However, the Warriors have been up 3-0 11 times. They are six and four in game fours. They are now six and five in game fours. In the series where they lost game four, that four times, now five, in the four games that they previously have been up 3-0 and lost game four, they are four and oh straight up in game fives. So this is what we talked about. You go up 3-0, they push really hard, really hard for that game three. Draymond talked about it, about the mindset. To me, that was a team last night that was basically like, well, let's go out there and see if we hit some. Oh, no, they hit some shots. Oh, no, they're making all the buckets. Oh, I guess we're going to have to go back and make the owners 10 million. Oh, okay. Well, shucks. We're really up against it now. No real urgency from the Warriors last night. The predictable amount of urgency from a Mavericks team trying to stave off elimination in front of their home fans. Um, I love the Warriors on the money line here, but it's pricey. Ra, what's your best bet for Mavs, Warriors, game five? I think I'm going to go over. Um, I think I'm going to go over 215. Um, look, I mean, the Warriors, they continue to shoot 60% from two. They were just 55% from two. So my best bet's over. Your best bet is the over for this game. Brandon, what is your best bet for game five? You know how it is. Take me home. Warriors third home court, third quarter at home, minus one and a half, minus five and a half for plus 200. Let's do third quarters. We, we know how we roll on this one. Yep. That one's pretty good. I looked at uh, parlaying the money line with the third quarter money line that gets you to plus 102 on a same game parlay at FanDuel. You're paying a lot of hold on these. When I mentioned these same game parlays, you're going to pay the hold. That's why they provide them. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying I like the number there. Uh, okay. So here's the deal. Uh, I looked up game fives for Kerr. Okay. I looked at game fives for Kerr in game fives. Overall Kerr is five and eight against the spread. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at, I was like, okay, but they're always favored by a ton. So I was like, let's look at like what the least, like let's, let's put this into like a reasonable number. So I was like, all right, let's do minus eight. The lowest they've ever been favored in game five is at home is five and is uh, five and a half. Okay. Uh, that's by the way, that's at home. Uh, they've had a spread of eight or less in three games. They're one and two in those spots. I got another, another one for you. This is maybe the most concerning stat that I have. Like, and look at the trends, but those are obviously like, look, there's different teams. This Warriors team is different, blah, 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 blah. This is the most concerning one. I laid this up this morning. The Mavericks expected shot quality. So not what they've shot, not the differential between what they should have shot and what they did, but how good it looks basically they're getting based off of shooter location and contest level via data that was provided to me from somebody that has second spectrum. It's gone up in every single game of this series. 
It has improved from game one to game two to game three to game four. They have gotten better and better looks. So the offense is generating better looks consistently as the series goes on for Dallas. And that to me is a little bit concerning. Um, Ra, you like the over here. That trend leans towards that because it means the Mavericks are able to put more points together. When I was writing about this last night, I, my thought process was basically if the Maver- if the Warriors are going to close this out, I do kind of think it's going to be because they put up a big number. Dallas puts up a big number, but the Warriors just have a, a really focused offensive game at home. The Mavericks run out of gas and the defensively and the Warriors pull away. If this is an under that makes me lean towards Dallas, because I think that probably means that Dallas is slowed down a Golden State offense that series by series as it has gone on. Their offense has gotten a little bit worse as teams get adjusted to them. That was one of the things that like we kind of talked about before the series was you have to get used to playing Golden State. But when you do, because they're not as explosive, they kind of slow down. Um, what are your thoughts on give me the case for the over and give me your thoughts on what I, the stuff I just shared with you? Oh, I mean, look, I, I totally agree with it. And I think, look, in game three, the Mavericks had just a, a terrible shooting performance. And it's just a shooting performance you just would not expect from them. And what were they? 13 of 45. And then you see in game four, they come back and it's the Mavericks team we expected from them, the 20 of 43. Now, I mean, we know that this Mavericks team, they're going to live and die by the three. But I think one of the things that we saw in even the last two games is that they've done a good job at getting to the paint. And I think that's that's key. So it's just like I expect them to score. The Warriors, they were 55% from two-point range in game four. But throughout the series, they're shooting 60% from two. So even with the Mavericks running them off the three-point line, they're still finding ways to score efficiently. And when I looked at game four, to me, it felt like the Warriors weren't even really trying. Like, there was lineups in the first half where you saw Kaminga and Moody in at the same time. And it was just like... You haven't played this lineup the entire series. Why are you playing it now? Are you really that desperate for a game five gate? So I think you'll see a lot of effort from the Warriors. And then also, I think when you look at the pace of the game, like game three had a pace of 86 possessions. That's it. Game four was up to 95. Mm. So I think the the Warriors are going to continue to push the pace. But I also think the Mavericks, I think that's the one thing we saw in game four is that they were trying to get easy baskets by – in transition. So I think that'll continue in game five. And I think you'll get it over. I think both teams finally shoot well, and this, this game should go over. Brandon, uh, I like keeping it simple with the third quarter line. I guess my question here is, uh, so I looked up all game fives for the Warriors since 2000, since Kerr took over, since 14-15. They had outscored opponents in game five in the third quarter by roughly a point is, mm-hmm. is all the margin is. Now look, like there's like, again, lots of variance there. I'm not I understand the problem with trends. What I'm trying to get a feel for is like the reason I look at those trends, by the way, if you're asking, I want to, when the coach is the same, it matters more to me because Kerr is from the Phil Jackson school, Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich are his two biggest coaching influences. Phil's teams were always really good in the third quarter. Like that was a really big deal for him. Like he focused on the third quarter and oftentimes you'll see like great teams. They dominate these third quarters. Whenever there's a team that's really good in the third quarter, I tend to gravitate towards them as a title favorite. Kerr's teams have, have been great in the third quarter as, as Brandon has been betting uh, maniacally and very successfully throughout this postseason. You mentioned the alternate lines. What is your confidence level in the differential here? Do you have numbers for me on 
how to trust that the that the Warriors will not just win the third quarter, which you have to pay a juice line on, but to actually be able to cover the, the points. Yeah, I think actually you can make a good case that the correct way to play the third quarter is actually to take the alternate line and not just the the regular cover or money line. Because when the Warriors show up and have that third quarter that we know, they really show up. So here are the numbers from the postseason. Home third quarters, again, this is not only a home trend from pivot analysis during the regular season, plus 12.6 net differential in the third quarter, plus 18.3 at home. So it's not only a home trend, it's been strong all year, but it's it's really, really good at home. So in the postseason, home third quarters, the Warriors are only five and a three. So it's not great. It's not as strong as I've made it sound. They lost one of those quarters by a point to Memphis. They lost by four to Memphis. They lost by eight to Denver. Notably, too, two of those three losses came in closeout victories. So that part does give me a little pause both of the closeout victories they have, they really kind of screwed around for a while and had to come through late in the game and close out in the fourth quarter. So that does give me a little pause. But here's what I like. In the five times the Warriors have won the home third quarter, they won by nine and 14 against Denver. They won by 14 against Memphis. And in the two games this series, they are plus 10 and plus 12 in the third quarter at home. Huh. So when they do win the third quarter, they really win the third quarter. That's averaging 11.8 points per game margin in their favor. So like, I'm just looking for (laughs) what's the highest alternate line that I can find because when it hits, it really hits. And we know too, we, we, I don't have to explain to you if you're listening, you'll watch the Warriors ever before, you know that the two minute avalanche just hits at, at some point. And if the avalanche hits, that's like eight or 10 point swing just in that two minutes alone. And that's basically the, the avalanche is coming in the third quarter when, when it gets there. So I actually think, but what do you think? Does that mean that the better play might actually be the alternate line? Yeah. I think if you're going to bet it, maybe that is the, is the play else you can probably do. I, I, here's another one to throw in there. Like I, I, your analysis, that's really good stuff, Brandon. Mm. That's really good. Um, so I looked up, this is on give me the dog.com uh, game five at home for the warriors under Kerr when they win the third quarter. Right. So yeah. if the premise is sound and they're going to win the third, they win that quarter by 5.2 points. So if you take that four and a half, which you can get for, I think plus plus one sixty four at FanDuel, that gets you to a pretty good payout on a plus number with a decent differential. I think you can also probably, but here's a, a, a key uh, game fives when they win the third quarter, Nine and zero straight up. If the Warriors win the third quarter, they don't lose the game in the no. game fives. Mm. So, if your premise here is they're going to win the third quarter, bet the alternate line. Also, maybe take money line plus the game line. The m- game money line that gets you to plus one hundred two, and that gives you kind of a backdoor. You could lose both if they get outscored in that third quarter. Like if they do get outscored in the third, you're screwed. But I think if you're looking for the right way to play it rather than having to pay the juice on it, because like, look, the, the books know this, like they're not oblivious to it. Surprise, surprise. The, the money line on the third quarter is minus 160, which for, by the way, for a quarter line is a little nuts for it yeah. to be, you'd be having to pay 60 cents for that third quarter. Um, the spread is minus one and a half at minus 112. I mean, look, the, the minus 112, I don't think is bad. It's that hook that I think bothers me. Like, look at this. I, I have to pay 12 cents for two points. 
I have to pay 60 cents for one point is the way to look at it. No, it's not one point. It's one point or a push. And that's the key because if they tie, you get your money back. And that's why, like, if you, if you, if, if there was, I'm sure you can bet it like a three way where there's not a tie and then it would be much lower than minus 160. You're, you're paying extra for a possible get my money back on the bet. Uh, no, three way, no push. Yes. 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 It's no three-way three way. no push is minus 160 at, at, at FanDuel. Really? Wow. Yeah. Stand corrected. They are, I mean. What, what's the price for a tie then on that one? Uh, plus 1,500. Huh. Hmm. They, uh, they do not want our Warriors third quarter money line money. That's, that's what we have learned by this minus 160. They, they're like, no, thank you. You can find some other ways to bet on this Yeah, game. I mean, honestly, I would rather lay the, I would almost rather lay two and a half, three and a half, or four and a half. Because if they're going to win the third quarter, typically they're not going to win it by two. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like, like when we, you guys have tailed on this bet. And if you're listening, a lot of listeners I know are, are playing this bet. When you play this one, you know, you know, like two minutes into the third quarter, if we're winning this, because if we're winning it a lot of times, especially if you play the minus one and a half and just take the, you know, basically a money line type play. Yeah. Within a couple minutes into the second half, you're like, oh, Oh, I just, I just, I got money already. That, this is fun. I'm just going to enjoy this ride. Like, you know, sometimes when they come out and uh, when you know happens, it's when they're covering by five or by 10 or, you know, 12, 14 points in the quarter. So I, I think, you know, a lot of times on these, it's like a standard escalator play type thing is just to do a little bit of both of them. But just because that's the way you usually do it doesn't mean you always should. Sometimes, like, that's where I started with the idea of an escalator prop on some of these is like, well, I don't know about this guy going over the number. I like it, but if he does go over, he usually goes over by five points or something. Well, then that means don't play the number because if it's like 50-50, you're not actually getting good value on it. But if you get more plus money to the alternate, like we are here with the minus five and a half or something like that, I think that ends up a better play. Ra, you were high on the Mavericks in the series. You bet the Mavericks to win the series. There is like a lot of conversation. I will say it's always just funny to me how various outlets, I don't like to say the media because that makes us into a monolith and I don't think that's accurate. Yeah. But there are certain outlets that are like, could the Mavs do it? If anything, if any team could do it, it's got to be one with Luka Doncic. Did you say, look, I told you, like they've gotten better offensively game by game, right? They've had opportunities in these games. They've hit, they've hit some bad outliers. Maybe not win. Do you think the Mavericks are live to extend this at all? Ugh, I don't. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, and maybe like I have to try to keep my bias out of it. Cause sometimes when you, when you take a pick and it, it kind of blows up in your, in your face, the way this one has, and I granted it's not over yet. It's hard to erase what you saw um, initially. And a lot of that was the fact that the Warriors just dominate on the offensive glass. And they didn't really do that as much in game five, but it's them dominating on the offensive glass. It's them getting those second chance points. It's the Mavericks trying to run them off the three point line and the Warriors getting anything they want from two point range. And to me, game four didn't really change that too much because I felt like I didn't see the effort from the Warriors in that game. Yeah. I saw them play lineups that I just haven't seen them play throughout the whole series. Like in the first half, it just like they, they I know Clay was struggling and he's had his first half struggles, but there was a lineup where they just had Kaminga and Moody. And, like, I know they made a push in the fourth quarter, but it was just like, all right, why is this lineup in here in a closeout game? 
it was like it didn't feel like they were stepping on their throats the way they were in game three. So I just think when they go back home, the effort to be there, the role guys will shoot better. And I think they close this thing out. But I, I, it's frustrating for me because, to me, game two was a, a, a game in which the Mavericks should have won. They, they, they had the shooting performance, and they just couldn't close it out. They ran out of gas. Game four was more of the same, but they were able to close it out. And I just thought we would get an evenly matched series. And I still think they, if they played this series over again, I think it would be closer than what we have now at 3-1. But I just – I can't fade the Warriors at home. They they've just been they have been unstoppable. Brandon, do you have any reason to you like the long shots here, but you also like the Warriors? So I'd imagine that you feel pretty confident in Golden State. I guess it depends on what feeling pretty confident means. Uh, to me, actually, this series is sort of shaping up uh, somewhat of what I expected coming in. Like we we knew the Warriors would be really good early. Both Raheem and I thought that Luca and the Mavs would push it long once they settled in a little bit. And it does feel like it trended that direction and they just waited till being down 3-0 to move that direction. So I think the Mavs are live in that, like, they're not a 0% here. Actually, was just looking at it, that the Mavs money line, I think, probably has some value on it. Not because I think, oh, the, the Mavs are pretty good and they figured some things out and nothing to do with game four. I, I take almost nothing away from game four. The Warriors no-showed. To me, not just the lineup thing, I had that noted too, but like, they just didn't try on defense. You know, when you're watching the Warriors, you know what they look like when they're closing out and when they have high energy on defense. They just they just didn't show for that one. So I don't take too much from that. I will take away this. The Warriors are 0-3 this postseason in a road closeout games. So do not, do not let me take the Warriors in six in the finals. I refuse to make Warriors <laughs> in six my pick. That's my only takeaway. But I would put the Mavs, I think, something like, 35-ish percent to win the game. The money line implies a little bit below 30. So I don't want to bet the Mavs because I don't really like them in the spot. But to me, it's not that, well, Luca, Luca gives them a chance. Like Luca does give them a chance. Three-point shooting gives them a chance. They shoot so many threes and you never know when Dorian Finney-Smith and Bullock and Claiber, you never know when they just make a bunch of them. Like that's, That just can always happen. And that's the NBA that we have now. And if you make a bunch of threes and that barrage never comes, now you go back home for game six. I think, you know, we probably have to look at that as something close to a coin flip. That's how it's been priced so far. You can win a coin flip and now you got a shot in game seven and you have a chance to have the best player on the court if Luca has another huge game seven game. So I think they're live and that like all of that makes sense. Like I, I put them at about 5% to win the series. So what does that mean live? I don't know. Like, hmm. look, go take a coin. Flip your coin four times in a row. Did you get tails four straight times? That's one out of 16. That's not really too far off from the chances of the Warriors or of the Mavs winning the series. If you flipped a coin four times in a row and got tails, you wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, my coin, my coin is weighted. Something is wrong with my coin. I can't believe I got four tails in a row. Like this is not so outlandish that it never could happen, but it's probably not going to happen. Probably any other result is going to happen. And any other result is the Warriors. But so I think they're live, but not super live. <laughs> so Mavericks plus one and a half at plus 540 does not interest you. So that means what? We have to get this to a game of seven? Yes. So I, my numbers, let me just do that quick. I put that, what, what's the number I'm getting? 540. Yeah, it's, pr it's pretty even to what my numbers are. Like okay. my, my, the numbers that I ran are pretty close to what the books are pricing it as. 
Well, so uh, I, I, I interpret that as this. If you like Dallas more than any of us do, then I think that you are right to bet them because I think there's enough value. Like I think the value is about right. And usually it's not. Usually the value is toward the books. That's how this works. So if you like them, then I think that there's, you know, you can bet it. I, I wouldn't tell you not to bet it if you like Dallas. The three-point avenue get, leaves things open for them. I got one more for you. Warriors in seven is plus 700 right now. So Mavericks win the next two, force it to a game seven in the Bay. Golden State takes care of business at home. The the Mavericks do not do to them what they did to the Suns. I will just tell you, like, I want no part of this. Like, I didn't, I don't think the Mavericks, I don't think the Mavericks are in the Warriors league. And I think we've seen that pretty convincingly. I disagree with Ra on if you played the series over. I just think, I think Golden State, I think what happened was the Warriors, the Mavericks, very much their tone in this series. If you listen to their post game, there's a lot of like, wow, these guys are really good. As it like, honestly, again, I just, the series just makes the Suns look so bad. Like yeah. the Suns look like such trash right now based off of the fact that gold, that Dallas is basically like, oh, so this is what a championship contender looks like. I oh. mean, we saw, we, we saw the Suns struggle with the Pelicans. Like that was the, the red flag. And yeah. I, I, I said it a million times. Yeah. They don't have another. And it's so crazy because Brandon said it all year. And I wasn't trying to hear him until I saw parts of that first round. And it's just like, yo, the Suns just don't have another gear. And yeah. the Warriors do. It would have really been interesting to see them against the Suns. Yeah. What's uh, what's funny, Matt? You said Warriors in seven is plus 700, which I think is implied 12.5%. I just ran my numbers and I make Warriors in seven 12.3%. So. <laughs> Yeah. So the books pretty much, I'm, I guess I'm in, in line with the books on this. Yeah. yeah I, I, here's where I do agree with Raheem on, on the series. I think if you played out the first three games of the series again, I think the most likely outcome of the first three games is a two to one Warriors lead. I think usually the Mavs win one of those games. What I do think also is that when they do, then the game four is plays totally different. And game four is not a data point that we can be like, well, so the Mavs got that one too. I think the series is not as lopsided and ridiculous as it seems. And, and, and to that end, that we're not giving the Mavs quite enough credit. They're just missing a ton of shots is, is more than anything else. But you got to make some shots. You're going to shoot 53 yeah. as a game. You're going to have to make some of them. And they haven't. And so then the series ends. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, we talk a lot about the, the Warriors third quarter, but they were a Warriors third quarter away from the series being tied 2-2 because they probably should have won game two. Yeah, or or they were like two more minutes away in the fourth quarter of game four from us not podcasting right now and the series being over because Jonathan Kuminga and Moses Moody nearly <laughs> ended their season. Yeah, yeah, that, that is true. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, just choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball or rebounds or stocks, whatever it is that you're into. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. I have some real squares in my life that I'm looking forward 
we're taking some money off of. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash buckets. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash buckets and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. I want to talk real quickly before we go about uh, we Jeff Sherman over at Superbook decided to post uh, potential series prices. We're looking at right now uh, Celtics plus 110 versus Warriors minus 130. Heat plus 190 versus Warriors minus 220. Um, Based off of those numbers, I think the value is probably going to be on, if it's Heat, I'll probably take Warriors minus two and a half on the series spread. Mm -hmm. If it's Celtics, I think we'll get a pretty good line on Heat on Warriors minus one and a half which I know Brandon is not going to want because he says he doesn't want Warriors in six. Why, why, why take Warriors minus one and a half or you would just take a minus 130? Um, because I think, again... So what, are you going, what are you going to get, plus 150 or something like that? Like, what's the... It'd probably be, I think it would probably be higher than that because, like, a lot of times they weight these things towards a, a, a seven-game series, especially if it's priced like this. Like, they tend to basically be like they're expecting it to go seven, which yeah. I think is really interesting because so few series actually go seven. Like if you look at it compared to the rest of the outcomes in NBA history, we just don't see game sevens, especially lately that much. Um, a lot of this is based on like, I, again, I'm not going to bet this immediately. This is just me talking through it. I, I think a lot of it is that again, I am less like Boston is impressing certain most people more and Boston is impressing me less as the playoffs go on. Like, I see a lot of weaknesses and problems with Boston and everyone else just sees like, Oh my God, they beat Giannis. Oh, and look at this. Like, look at that dominant performance in game four to tie the series versus a heat team. No one thinks is good. So like for me, and again, I am talking through this because I think my concern here is like my impulse before the last two rounds, when I thought about a finals matchup of Warriors Celtics is like, Oh, I like the Celtics there because they played them really well. So like, I need to be careful with my own bias here. Cause I think there's definitely a part of me that's just like annoyed at how we talk about Boston. I'm just annoyed at it. Yeah. I just, I'm just like, everyone can't stop raving about them. And the other team is just like, there's no context whatsoever. And so I'm trying to fight against that. But Ra, if it's Warriors Celtics and it's a minus 130, you think you just play the Warriors minus 130 there? If smart is healthy, I'm taking Celtics. Okay. So yeah, if you I- do that, you can, I think, on the other side, take the take take the alternate spread on Celtics minus one and a half. Yeah, I, like I'm gonna be honest, I just think the the Celtics have always matched up with this team so well. Yep, and I can't erase that bias at all. And it's just, I mean, of course, I mean, I think the smart injury that matters. Yeah, and then it also depends on. I want to see how long these series go because that changes things as well. So it's just like. But I mean, my, my natural inclination is to take the Celtics in the series. And I, you know, um, I don't know if I said this on the podcast before, but I went to games five of Grizzlies and um, Grizzlies and Warriors. And I was eating dinner with my ticket broker and James Goldstein and the Warriors ownership group walked up. I think I posted a picture of me and Joe Lake on the, on the, <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. And I was speaking to somebody from the ownership group. I was like, are y'all scared of anybody? He was like, no, we're not scared of anybody. And I told him, I'm like, look, y'all need to be afraid of the Celtics. <laughs> so and I, I stand by that so um 
real subtle flex. Bra. Uh, <laughs> that entire story was just for him to say that he likes the Celtics over the Warriors. Uh, Brandon, I I just don't know what you're gonna do. This is the the Steph and the shooty hoops versus yeah. your Celtics. What are you gonna do if it's Celtics Warriors? <laughs> He's choosing so Steph. Here here's the, the the game that I remind myself of. So I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I, I try to go see the Warriors when they're around, you know, if they're playing, I'm near Chicago, if they're playing Milwaukee or Indiana, like I always check the Warriors on a schedule. Cause like I told Raheem, that was Raheem's first time seeing Steph live. You just had to see him live and you had to see this team too, with all the, all the back cuts and everything. But there's, there's nothing like the experience of seeing Steph live, which I know is, is playing right into your shooty hoops thing, but whatever I'll own it. So I went in the 20. 16 season when the Warriors started 24 and one, I went to the one. I went to the game at Milwaukee when they had started 24 and 0, and I went to the game after. Well, because of that, I happen to remember very well which. So I was at game 25. I can tell you right now without looking, they played the Celtics in game 24. That was their last win of the perfect opening stretch because we all remember watching that game. They played the Celtics. It was on like a Tuesday night, I think, and it was an incredible game. And the Celtics pushed them all the way because they, the way they defend them, the way that they played them, that, that, that's the thing we're saying. They always push them. And the Warriors had this epic late comeback, I think forced it to overtime, maybe even multiple overtimes, if I remember right, and finally got the win. And I remember watching that game being like, my goodness, I don't know how this team will ever lose a game. Like, they are truly the most inevitable team that I've ever seen in that moment from that Boston game. I was like, Boston had them. Boston had the matchup, the way they defended. They had the game plan. They had all of it. So I, I just, that game stuck with me and that matchup stuck with me. So how do I play this? Here's my angle that I'm thinking about. I think if the Warriors win the finals this year, Steph will be the MVP. I think he has to play like the MVP for them to win it. And I think that people are going to want to give him the award since he doesn't have one yet. I also said, I think the Warriors win game one of the finals. So I think I might play both sides. That way I get my Warriors and my Celtics. And yes, maybe even the Heat, if the number is as long as you say. So Steph, MVP before the finals at a plus number right now, then wait for the game one loss and come back on the East team to win the finals, maybe even in the minus one and a half line, like you said, Matt. So then I get a plus number on both sides and I can have my cake and eat it too. It took me two years of podcasting, Rob, but I finally dragged Brandon into accepting less of a profit for guaranteed margins. I'm, I've, never <laughs> been, I've never been happier at breaking someone than this right here. Thanks for joining us on Buckets. We'll be back tomorrow with coverage of Heat Celtics Game 6 for you in your podcast feed. Download the Action Network app. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get Buckets. <laughs>